When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi! Welcome to yet another episode of Horror versus Reality. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan is with me. Hello, Morgan. Hello, Anna, the hostess with the mostest. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Morgan, today we're talking about the Golden Glove. Yeah! <laughs> From 2019 versus Fritz Hanka. Fritz Hanka. Fritz Hanka from Hamburg, Germany. Germany. <laughs> I like your German accent. It's fun. I like your accent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank so what are your what are your thoughts? I did specifically warn you before you watched that um it's grimy and you feel dirty from the first scene. Yeah. You were definitely correct. I messaged you like immediately after and was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um I actually thought the movie was really well done and it It is definitely makes you feel grimy, filthy. It actually made me feel good about my looks, too. Right? At the same time. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Fritz Hanka was a deeply hideous man. Yeah. Both inside and outside. Yeah. It was, <laughs> he was a fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. And that that whole cast, like... Who did the casting for that? <laughs> they found the I I know that the the um, main character is actually pretty good looking, but like, damn, everybody. You know, um, so bad. I could t- if I went through the minutia of the IMDb, I could tell you the casting agent, but. I don't know if that's all that necessary, but no. <laughs> shout out to whoever did the casting because you yeah. made it hella authentic, I think. Yeah, I think there was like maybe 10 teeth between the whole cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right? I mean, obviously the real actor who played Hanka, yeah, he does have his teeth. And yeah. he and he um does not have that nose. <laughs> Morgan's right; he's actually quite attractive. Um, yeah, he's got a really nice jawline. A great love. jawline. I know. I love it. I'm like, whoa, that's sharp. Yeah, 
you would like if you saw him in public you would not recognize him you would never know that was the same guy <laughs> no not at all they did a really great job on that makeup they really charlie's throned him like yeah like a monster <laughs> seriously mm-hmm. yeah okay so well, let's just dive in the director is and you know again i'm although i do have some german knowledge uh Forgive me, I'll probably mispronounce some things, so. Sorry, heads up. But uh, I think you pronounced the director's name Fatih Akin. Fatih Akin, yeah. Akin, yeah. I think so. So, Fatih, yeah, Fatih is a German film director, screenwriter, and producer of Turkish descent. He has won numerous awards for his films, um, including The Golden Bear at the Berlin Film Festival. Um, The Golden Bear is basically like the Palme d'Or at Cannes. It's the top prize. Aha. Ah, yes. (laughs) But he won that for his film Head On in 2004. He also won Best Screenplay at Cannes for The Edge of Heaven from 2007 and a Golden Globe Award for Best Foreign Language Film for his film Into the Fade, or In the Fade, rather, uh, from 2017. Mm -hmm. So he's, like, I guess, a pretty renowned film director in germany yeah not like super prolific but yeah he's got some accolades absolutely you don't scoff at the con (laughs) anything any awards at con at con you don't scoff at for sure and the golden bear is huge so okay so let's talk about jonas dassler that's who we were just talking about the pretty boy (laughs) pretty boy yeah pretty boy who's playing this monster for tonka um he's a german stage and film actor he's known for this movie obviously also lomo the language of many others from 2017 2018's the silent revolution and um Ever since the 2016 German theater season, he has performed the lead role in Georg Buchner's Dante's Death, Danton's Death, um, uh, in Berlin. And since the 2017-2018 season, he has been a prominent cast member at the Maxim Gorky Theater and appeared in several different productions for them. So he's uh he's working and his career is just kind of like slowly on the rise, if you will. Yeah. Cuz he was like not expecting to get a lot of accolades and press for the Golden Glove and he, you know, has. He was nominated for I believe the Golden Bear for best actor or um I guess just like not the Golden Bear, but the, like, Best Actor Award in Germany, basically. Nice. Yeah, he did a really fantastic job in this movie. And, like, I think he's pantless for, like, 75% of it. (laughs) (laughs) You see a lot of of hideous shots of him without pants. A lot of hideous shots of him in these, like, dingy, dirty, tidy whities that aren't so tight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely oversized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see his penis a lot, too. You do, you do. Um, I'm not sure if that's his penis or if it's a double, because, you know, they've got intimacy coordinators and a lot of actors don't go full Monty, but he might have. I didn't, I, I read a couple Very of... Very realistic. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I did read, I read a couple of interviews with him from a couple of different, like, German magazines and stuff, and nobody once asked him if that was his dick. 
<laughs> and you know, somebody's got to ask the hard questions, the hard hitting questions. Are you going to email him? Um, no, that seems <laughs> that seems inappropriate. I'm just going to Google furiously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see We also need to talk about Mark Holzman As Sigi Hunka He is an actor and director Known for 2017's Four Blocks 2012's A Coffee in Berlin And Babylon Berlin From 2017 Literally all I could really find about him <laughs> Couldn't find And his IMDB Bio was very sparse yeah, it's a bunch of TV movies and TV series that he's in. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, those are the notable things, and I wasn't going to lift off, list off yeah, t- no. German TV movies. No offense, <laughs> Germany, but our mo- our audience is largely English. It just, it's not going to make a lot of sense to them. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about Margaret Tiesel, or Marguerite, Margaret, Margaret, I'm just going to say Margaret, uh, <laughs> Tiesel as Gerda Voss. It's probably just Margaret. <laughs> yeah, I'm but just no, I don't know. There is an E on the end, and that yeah. seems to denounce something. But yeah, she's an Austrian actress, probably best known for this film, but also well known for Paradise Love from 2012 and Hinterland from 2021. She's had an extensive career, um, but I want to mention just this one movie, really, and that is. Attack of the Leader Hosen Zombies. <laughs> because the title's fantastic. And who doesn't love zombies on skis? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. I had to give you that fantastic nugget there. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she's wearing the, the dress and driving the um, snowmobile. <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. So Tristan Goebel as Vili, he is an actor known for Goodbye Berlin from 2016, 2013's West, and of course, The Golden Glove. He hasn't done a lot, so that's kind of all I Is that the kid with the glasses? Yeah. Yeah, he looks really young. Doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a baby baby face. I believe he's like twenty right now, so he would have been like seventeen. Oh, okay, so he was maybe. young. He was a baby, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is still a baby in my eyes. Still Sorry, a guy. baby. Yes, I mean he's under twenty-one, so still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Greta Sophie Schmidt, who plays Petra. So Schmidt is a German actress whose work includes, well, obviously, The Golden Glove, Young Light, Betty's Diagnosis, and Rheingold. Schmidt also has a little bit of a following over on German TikTok. Oh. Yeah. All I could see were bikini pics and jokes about how she gets way more likes when she's in a bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, let's dive into this film. Are we ready, Morgan? Let's get dirty. Let's get dirty. <laughs> so the film opens with our main character, Fritz Hanka, trying to shove a deceased elderly woman into an ill-fitting bag. We are in Fritz's apartment, which is a dingy bachelor hellhole with browning walls papered with torn-out pages from nudie mags. Mm. It's, it's disgusting. It's just so 
you can smell it. Like you, you can smell it, and it smells like stale cigarettes, urine, beer, like stale beer, cum. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's gross. Maybe some pickled sausages. Maybe some pickled sausages. Maybe some rotting takeout that hasn't been taken back out. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting looking and you it's very visceral. Like, you spend a fair amount of time here and you wish you didn't. Mm-hmm. And the creepy dolls in the background and everything. Yeah, everything about this place is depressing and creepy simultaneously and just gross. Yeah. Yeah. So he tries to drag his victim downstairs, but is interrupted by a small child who he like kind of hisses at. (laughs) Yeah. And tells her to shoo. And uh, then she just like shuts the door and goes off. So then he's like, fuck, goes back upstairs. Back to the drawing board. This isn't going to (laughs) work. And there he strips her completely nude before attempting to saw her head off. However, he instantly stops himself, basically, when he gets the blade to her neck, because, shit, he's not drunk enough for this. So, <laughs> he has to go back over, pour himself, like, another big glass of gin, and then, uh, he downs it. And then he manages to, mostly off-screen, um, mercifully on the director's part, manages to cut her head off. I like how he's, like mid-sawing, and then he's like, oh, I need to put a record on. And he's, like, trying not to get blood everywhere. Yeah, I was about to mention that. It's kind of (laughs) hilarious. He's, like, just popped the head off, leaves it there, and it's like, music time! This is gonna need music. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, like, a poppy German German pop record, so that's fun, too. And, yeah, he is, like, very gingerly touching things because his hands are covered in blood. Yeah, he's, like, using, like, two fingers to touch the, the, the record so it doesn't ruin it with blood. Bro, I don't know. You could have you could have uh, taken a page out of American Psycho's book and, uh, I don't know, put put down a lot more tarps. Rainbow yeah. Would be Just good. one little tarp. Some gloves, you know? <laughs> yeah, wear gloves. <laughs> That's a, yeah, it's like a really small tarp that he's got her on. It's not big enough at all. It's just like a garbage bag. Just yeah. Yeah, it's not like a proper tarp. Yeah. Uh-uh. So, yeah, his apartment's messy. It's even messier now. Because you just see blood <laughs> immediately, like, pulling underneath there. But anyway, <laughs> I just would also like to applaud the actress playing her. She has been laying on this tarp tits and vag out in the breeze for like five minutes yeah seriously he even like strips her naked and everything and she does not move and Mm-mm. and she's she's rocking like a full muff the way europeans do often full 70s bush yeah i mean it is also the 70s so that works too obviously it's it's literally 1970 right now that's the year that we're in in the film um you know so at that point even americans hadn't gone by the way of the brazilian (laughs) (laughs) but uh anyway after this and they you know uh he goes to dismembering the rest of her and puts most of her in this like suitcase and um he's really bad about throwing things like he doesn't really even try to hide it barely like (laughs) some leaves go over it that's gonna hide it he's like i'll put it in this bush yeah, it's not real hidden at all. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, and then he kind of like saunters away and puts like the last couple of pieces in this like improvised locker in his wall. And we find out, you know, after the credits, because the credits are basically newspaper reels, that the police have definitely found the body, but they have no idea who did it. And because this was a sex worker that he killed, they don't really give a damn either. Not really. I mean, they do, but they don't. You know what I mean? Like, they're looking yeah. into it, but it's not... made a good news story. Yeah, they're looking into it, but it's not tip-top priority. Which is sadly too often the case. Now, it's 1974, four years later. And it's a bunch of high schoolers pouring out of the front door of their high school. And now we're inside and Petra is being lectured by her teacher about her studies and poor grades. All which Petra generally seems bored by. Uh, and after she's dismissed, she goes to retrieve her bicycle to find the new kid has borrowed her bike pump. And he kind of walks along with her making small talk. And she tells him that she's probably going to have to repeat the 11th grade. Because she's failing. And he kind of upbeats like, well, hey, maybe we'll have classes together. And then they walk to the bodega and share a Coke. Well, two Cokes. And while Billy goes inside to buy, you know, her a Coke and him a Coke, she casually pulls out a cigarette. And wouldn't you know, it's Fritz Honka who lights her cigarette. <laughs> and hit you see his face full on in this moment with this like hideous grin and you're like oh yeah like you're instantly repulsed oh yeah and she doesn't even bat an eye no she is so checked out is she on heroin it kind of looks like it i mean i don't know what's going on there they never say anything but she's so checked out on life. Yeah. Ah, to be that apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Is she on Zoloft? Because that's how I was in ninth grade. <laughs> uh, so he kind of like sees some some cool guys that she's kind of looking on a mopeds over there and hears them say, let's go to the red light district. So then um, she's he's like, hey, you want to like maybe go out sometime? And she very boredly looks at him and is like, where will we go? And he's like, uh, we could go to the red light district. <laughs> and like, what are teenagers doing in the red light districts? I mean, I don't know. Europe's think, different. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a maybe a European. I don't think our red light districts aren't really the same. <laughs> no, they're also where you buy crack. Yeah. Yeah. And and there aren't legal parlors. It's it's just Yeah, it's um, like in a rundown neighborhood that you have to go to. Yeah, it's just terrified uh people trying to make ends meet. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. Like, um, I think there it's more like just the bar area. That includes that's, that's true. sex workers. That's true. That's true. So she kind of looks over and is like, oh, maybe. And gets on her bike and just rides off. <laughs> yeah, she only takes like one sip, if any, of her Coke. Yeah, she takes like one sip, leaves it behind. And he also leaves his behind. Yeah, he does too. I was like, what the fuck? Why do they just buy those? I thought Franz was going to pick him up and just chug him because he looks like that kind of person. I mean, if I was that dingy, creepy looking guy who, you know, had sex with random women all the time, I think getting some teenage slobber is probably the least of my problems. And they're <laughs> barely and they're barely drinking. Yeah. I mean, they're barely drunk. I would probably do it, too, in his shoes. <laughs> Free Cokes, man. Free Cokes. Look, I get it. <laughs> if you're like if you're step inside his mi- mind. 
his mentality. This isn't a man of luxury. No. They're drinking gin, like the cheapest gin straight out of a bottle. Yeah, exactly. And he hangs out at the Golden Glove, which mm-hmm. is the definition of a dive bar. Which is one of my favorite German words. Yeah. Uh, Hanschu. A Hanschua. Yeah. It's okay. It's gloves. It's, yeah. Hanschua. Hanschus. Yeah. I just it's, think it's hilarious. It's just true. Hanschus is fun. <laughs> and doodle sack, but that that's a different word. Doodle sack is a bagpipe. Yeah. <laughs> doodle sack and Hanschua, my favorite German words. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> okay. So she rides off and, you know, her friend, Vili, is basically right behind her. And, uh, yeah, and you just leave Fritz to have that menacing grin. And uh, we're leaving now. (laughs) Yeah. Later at the Golden Glove, Hanka is boozing it up and talking about the angel he met earlier who smelled so good. (laughs) Gross. It's so gross. Yeah, like, oh, dude, man. Anyway, I just feel for her. I hope and I she, never you have to feel for her. someone like that. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. But you have to feel for her because she was so oblivious to everything. Yeah, she's, che- like you said, she's, like, completely checked out for, like, the whole movie. Oh, yeah. There's something going on there. <laughs> yeah. She's just somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Totally checked out. Anyway. He's hanging out at the Golden Glove, and you do hear that there's um, a lady who, you know, they're, like, threatening to kick out if she doesn't buy something, basically. And another woman offers to buy her drink, and this turns out to be Gerda Voss. And he basically goes over there and it's like, you know, you can, you know, if you fuck me, <laughs> I'll give you a warm bed for the night. So she's like, all right, she's seemingly unhoused, you know? Yeah, and definitely an alcoholic. Oh, hardcore. My God, Hard- she's an alcoholic. They're both hardcore alcoholics. Yeah. Like, drink till the sun comes up, till the sun goes down. Alcoholics. How- I Baffling. I just smell them. Oh, my God. They reek. Yeah, I can smell them through the screen. Mm-hmm. They smell like a bottle of rubbing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and, like, old pee. Uh, Ugh. Ugh. Uh, they smell worse than New Orleans after Mardi Gras. Yeah, they smell like uh, what the street cleaners would pick up in the morning after Mardi Gras and then let it sit out in the sun mm. with like, mm-hmm. you know, broken beer bottles all on top. That's them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I concur. <laughs> so the next morning, he's like... You know, you can stay if you do some housework and then, you know, like, still fuck me. And, you know, she's homeless, so she's like, yeah, all right. And, well, actually, uh, he says, you better be fucking gone by the time I get back. Oh, that's true. That's true. But then he changes his tune. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks about it. He has a think on it. Um, And the think on it is enough to, like, write up a formal contract <laughs> and everything and um he also wants to meet her daughter her pretty daughter lecherous disgusting and lecherous Ugh. but 
Yeah, but she's desperate, so she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think she's much there either. Like, I think... Oh, no, she's, she's lived a really hard life and is on autopilot. Yeah, like, her brain... Like, whenever she was like, oh, yeah, I have no objections, you know? It's like, dude, you just offered your daughter mm-hmm. in that letter. It's a signed contract. Mm-hmm. <sighs> she's not thinking about it. No, not at all. <laughs> The alcohol has her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a few days later, they're, like, out to lunch with Fritz's recently divorced brother, Siggy. And Siggy, Fritz, and Gerda go to the pub to meet Rosie, which is Gerda's daughter. But eventually, Gerda's like, you know, we're actually estranged. There's no way she's going to come to Mio's here. And he is, like, pissed. Like shatters his glass and cuts himself pissed. Uh, yeah, he like just smashes that little glass in his hand. Mhm, mhm. And then he goes to the bathroom to like clean himself up. And while he's doing that, an evangelist comes over and is like, "Oh, I'd like to save your soul," to <laughs> Gerda. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, man, that sounds better than the current offer I have. I haven't had choices before. <laughs> she's like, ich liebe mein Gott. Yeah, you know. You love my God. I love my God. Absolutely. Let's do this. And she abandons her deal with Honka. So now with Gerda gone. <laughs> yeah, she just fucking dips. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her, though. Good for her. Yeah. So with uh with her gone, Fritz is like, uh, on to the next, I guess. So he approaches these three also alcoholic women. That seems to be the clientele of the Golden Glove, just a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these women are Inga, Herta, and Emma. And a fight breaks out in the pub. And so they tag they tag along with him. And Herta kind of passes out in the street, and they just kind of leave her there. God, that was fucked up. She just is like, oh, God. Yep, yep. Uh, really looked like, like that actress got hurt. I, I'm sure she didn't, but yeah, it, <laughs> it, was it did. Good. Yeah, it was a pretty good fall. And so they get back, the other two and Fritz get back to his place, and he's like, hey, I want you two to go down on each other. And Anna's, like, so drunk that she doesn't really give a damn. But Inga is, like, hell no, man. And then Fritz beats her up. Yeah. And it's and it's brutal and it's violent. But she does manage to escape. Yeah, she so, was smart. Yeah, but to vent out his frustration, t- too drunk to escape, Anna gets her head smashed and against a table. Yeah. That was a pretty... All of these beat-up scenes are, like, just so fucking brutal. They're really visceral. And they're, they're very realistic. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. I think that's what, like, the whole time I was making a face. Mm-hmm. The whole movie. Yeah, the uncomfortable grimace, yeah. Yeah, the whole movie. Because I mm-hmm. had to actually stop myself from making that face. Because Mr. Man was looking at me like, are you okay? I was like, oh, it's my face. I'm so sorry, Mr. Man. <laughs> I'm fine, Mr. Man. This movie's just, ah. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. RC, like, fucked no and, like, 
like went in the other room, but Sid <laughs> sat with me because I had the heating blanket. Kay knows what Kay wants. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, what is that face? His face was looking at my face, and I'm looking at his face. Yeah, sorry, okay. I, I get it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so he also quarters her body and puts it in the good old locker for safekeeping. And and now you know that his apartment doesn't just smell like a dirty bachelor apartment. Now it smells like rotting corpses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So the following morning, I'm very much still drunk. Fritz is run over by a van. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. But this bastard survives. A nun and, saves him. Mm-hmm. And he visits the pub for one last time before uh, giving up drinking. Now, consistently sober, he takes up a night shift as a watchman at an office complex where he meets the cleaner Helga Deninsen, whom he finds attractive. At Helga's birthday party, Fritz is rather disillusioned to learn that she is married to a man named Eric. When Eric leaves, a saddened Helga reveals to Fritz that her husband has been unemployed for months and is like a leech to her now. After sharing a few drinks, Fritz, obviously, by the sharing a few drinks, he's relapsed. And he, oh, yeah, because then he immediately tries to rape Helga, but uh, she gets away from him. Now, Fritz is back at the pub because... Drunk Fritz is going to be at the Golden Glove. That's what Drunk Fritz does. And he brings another sex worker, Frida, to his home. While having sex, he beats her up because she laughed at his erectile dysfunction. He couldn't get it up and she laughed at him. And, you know, that's a dangerous move when the person you're fucking is psychotic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, da- it's a dangerous move. It's, it's a dangerous move. I mean, whiskey dick is real, but, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, who 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 has a partner who are, who enjoys whiskey now and then hasn't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, experience that. If your partner has a dick, that is. You know what I mean. <laughs> anyway. I'm not going to disclose any names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, he falls asleep after all this. Because, you know, a psychopath can fall asleep after beating someone up. Um, Especially if they're super drunk, of course. So Frida uh, is like, I'm going to rob this bitch. (laughs) And so she starts robbing the apartment. Not that there's... I like how she's, like, just covered in blood, just drinking vodka, like, topless. Oh, yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, fuck this motherfucker. But she should have just left right then. Yeah, she should have. Although, you know, I love the vibe of sticking it to him. But, yeah, she waited around a bit too long. Um, yeah, she she got too full of herself. Well, yeah, because the next thing that she does is begin to rub Fritz's genitals with spicy mustard. <laughs> it's so German. Yeah, right? <laughs> but so you German. Know, but, you know, it's hard to not wake a motherfucker up that way. Yeah, spicy German mustard on your your um, your sausage. <laughs> it's so appropriate. <laughs> you have spicy mustard on your wiener. <laughs> it's just spicy mustard for your wiener. <laughs> um, 
obviously he wakes up in extreme pain and then she kicks him in the groin and begins to insult him. But, you know, while he was still asleep, she should have just killed him. Yeah. Honestly. That would have been way better. Yeah. And it, if police came to find her and came back there, they'd realize that he was a sick fuck eventually, pretty soon, because Hard did not smell the people in the wall. Yeah, everybody else smells it. Yeah, the yeah, there you know, there's people around giving complaints about the bad smell coming from his apartment because that's what always happens when people store bodies in the apartment. Like, air fresheners don't hide that body. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Jesus. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so he strangles her. That's a brutal scene. It's really brutal. Goes on forever. Yeah, yeah, it goes on forever. She gets really cut up. Um, it's a whole violent fight before he ultimately strangles her. It's a whole thing. It's, it's a it, whole thing. It is like it I is mean, a whole thing. I'm not gonna break down every little bit because it's just like you're you've got to see it. But it's, yeah, it's, you need everybody needs to watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm not telling you every little detail because I'd be here forever. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's it's brutal. It's fucking brutal. But well done. Yeah. So in the following days, he lures uh, this woman named Ruth to his apartment, who he does the same thing to, basically. And then we're, we finally get back to seeing our friends from the beginning of the film, Willie and Petra. Willie, or Vili, uh, convinces Petra to go to the Golden Glove of all fucking places. Hey, why would you pick that place? Yeah, um, and or in some reason in order to win her over. Like, that's clearly not the hip bar, bro, but no. alright. And then he, like, gets up to go to the bathroom, and he unintentionally pisses off this older guy who literally pisses on him. And he is so embarrassed that he locks himself in a stall and refuses to come out. And when Petra, like, Petra, like, comes to check on him, he's just like, just go, leave without me. He's just, like, so distraught. And Fritz notices Petra and begins to follow her through the streets. (gasps) Oh, God, is he gonna kill her? But no, because his apartment's on fire and his life has literally gone up in flames. Uh, firefighters find the corpses and Fritz is immediately arrested. And Petra has just narrowly avoided this monster twice now. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So you want to hear some fun facts so we don't have yes. to dwell on this before we talk about real Fritz. Okay, so there was a scene shot of Fritz's childhood home. And that scene was a scene about him being raped as a child. But in the editing room, Akeen found the scenes to be just disturbing and a stupid explanation saying that just because you're raped as a kid, it doesn't give you permission to be a serial killer. Lots of people have been raped as kids and not turned into serial killers. And it would be a slap in the face to them. So yes. So he took that scene out. A female psychologist was on set for the whole movie. uh, to, To help the actors deal with the rape scenes. Holy crap. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. They had that available. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, based upon the novel of the same title about Honka and uh, the author 
Heinz Strunk published The Golden Glove in 2016. Another thing is Heinz Strunk, who I just mentioned, the author of the novel. If you pause the movie at around 1450, he could be seen sitting in The Golden Glove. What? They had him in the movie? They did. I love when authors... That's nice. Yeah, I love when authors have cameos in films. Like Stephen King. <laughs> in yeah, everything he's ever done. I mean, that's true. But but no, I think my favorite of that is Hubert Selby Jr.'s cameo in Requiem for a Dream. Which one was he in that movie? He is the older, skinny, balding man in the prison scene at the end who's, like, telling them to keep, like, stirring. Oh, what the fuck? I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a fun little Easter egg. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fun stuff for Requiem for a Dream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) So, The Golden Glove is the first film by Fatih Akin to receive an 18 rating in Germany. That's like the equivalent of an R-rated film here in America. Wow. And they showed, like, Dick, Bush, Boots. They they showed it all. Honestly, I feel (laughs) like this film in America um, would get the NC-17. I I agree. I think they would, too. Because I think, isn't it, like... It's considered not rated in America. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Because there's violence with nudity. I think that's... Yeah. A lot of nudity and a lot of violence. Yeah. 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 That's that's a really good way to get yourself straight to the NC-17 in America. (laughs) Yeah. Germany is very progressive. Very. (laughs) I mean, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is a German film from the 80s. So I mean, a I... German film from the 80s? Oh, it's the your tattoo. Well, I haven't oh. gotten the tattoo yet. Oh, I thought You're... you had gotten the tattoo. No, the tattoo that I have is French. It's a French movie. Yes, it's this, this creature of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> so sorry to all of our, any of our listeners that speak German or French. We just love your accents. We're not making fun of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, clearly I have a Uh, French film art. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Work on my body. And I'm yeah. talking about getting the German tattoo for this German movie. But yeah, no, it's called... I am. It's called Der Fan. Oh, Der Fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that movie. And sadly, the actress in Der Fan has um, denounced it. (laughs) Oh. Come on, Desiree. Christian? I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) I, I think maybe she just doesn't care for the subject material, but I think it's fun. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's see what other fun facts do I have? Uh, Jonas Dassler described filming the violent scenes as it's a kind of choreography you learn together with the actresses, like a dance. We really tried to have a personal connection. It wasn't like we had to pretend to be your characters through the whole day. We encountered each other before we started to shoot. Because we have to trust each other when doing scenes like this. It wasn't about threatening each other, but having responsibility for your actors and actresses. We learned this dance, and we always had a caring hand on an actor's level, on a human level. Wow. Yeah, I guess you gotta really trust someone to hold a fucking axe. I mean, a saw to your throat. (laughs) While you're nude? Yeah. Yeah. Or shove a sausage up your twat. Mm, mm-hmm. See, I did. I just, I just omitted that part. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that part disturbed me really bad. That's why I just didn't mention it. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> see, I really sanitized some of those murder scenes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like stuck in my head now. I'm like, God damn it! I want a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a bratwurst and a bread. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't say that the seams were deeply therapeutic because that would be disturbing. That would be <laughs> incredibly disturbing. But no, um, he's very much a normal human. <laughs> he just does such a good job that I'm like, this actor is a fucking psycho. He does an incredible job. Like, honestly, I look forward to seeing what else he does in his career. Me too. Like, mm-hmm. he... It, it was really good. Yeah, totally. So that's all I got. So we're going to take a quick break. A quick, quick. A quick break. And when we come back, Morgan is going to tell us about the real deplorable, unfortunate-looking alcoholic that is, was, Fritz Honka. Honka. Was, because that motherfucker is dead. Yeah, he did dead. He did dead. He did dead. And we're back. Morgan. Hey. Let's go down to the pub and talk about Fritanka. The golden handshake. Yeah. <sighs> this piece of work. Mm-hmm. He was a ugly, ugly motherfucker. 
deeply ugly. So, so ugly. Like ugly in a little bit of a different way than in the film. Because yeah. they, they actually couldn't make that beautiful man that ugly. It's too hard. This yeah. guy's like <laughs> beyond the valley of ugly. Yeah, his head's like misshapen. He's he's got a really big receding hairline. It's his nose his, is like bent into an unnatural shape. Yeah, it's full. It's completely flat, it's flat and turned. Yeah, it's something. And he's got a, a uneven pencil scent thin mustache. A right eye that's way out in left field. Um, mm-hmm. like his eye, he could like. You know, watch his back while he he um killed these women. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bad. Um, but uh, Fritz Honka or Friedrich Paul Honka was a German serial killer. He was born the thirty first of July, nineteen thirty five. Sorry, I don't know why I just went into an Irish accent, but. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, he was born in Leipzig. Um, <laughs> one, no, uh, one of ten children. There's Mm-mm. not much on his life, like how he was as a child or anything like that. But um, he was born to a Fritz Honka Sr., and his mother was Elsa Honka, and she was a cleaner. And then during his youth, um, his mom couldn't care for all the children, so he was sent to an orphanage. Um, but, but, like, his family would come visit him in some reports, so I don't... I don't know, like... I mean, there's not much, and some stuff I found was in German. Um, there's, like, different accounts... But apparently his father was also an alcoholic, a really mm-hmm. raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was actually sent to a concentration camp during World War II for being a communist. Yep. yep. Um, and he later died of alcoholism. Um, so Fritz didn't have much of a good, like home life i guess as a child yeah he um, didn't have a good home life as a kinder no as a kinder is no kinder murdering that's a child murder yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but he he stayed in the group home or like a children's home and then he was he was around like 16 he relocated to Hamburg, and that's where he worked for a security office. He worked as a, a night's watchman, just yeah. like in the movie, like later in the movie. And so this was around, like, early, well, I mean, late 60s. He actually got married in the 50s, and he had a son. And, but the marriage fell apart because of his alcoholism. Yeah. And people that knew them said that they would like get in violent fights they're very loud and um they eventually tried to reconcile but it didn't work and that's when he was living in the neighborhood of Ottenson 
around 1967. And he did live with another woman. Uh, some reports say he got married twice. So, and then others say he only married once and was living with someone for a while, just kind of like in the movie. Um, right. But I, I'm not sure. Um, the sources are all over the place. I yeah. did my best, but <laughs> I'm sorry if I get some details wrong. I think he may have even remarried his first wife. Yeah, like they got back together is what I read. Mm-hmm. And because they were separated, I don't think they actually divorced the first time. Okay. And then they got back together, but then they officially separated in 1967. Okay. Um, and then he... He was around, he was living with someone at this point when he committed his first murder. Um, she, him and her had an argument and she eventually left. But in December 1970, he committed his first murder, which was Gertrude Brower. She was yep. a 42 year old. Um, sex worker, and she also did hair. <laughs> I guess she did sex work on the side to pay for her um, alcohol. Cause yeah, pretty much. Like, all of his victims were sex workers and were, like, r- alcoholics or addicts. Um, People he didn't think would be missed. Yeah, they they wouldn't be... They wouldn't be missed. And it's really sad. But um, for reference, the woman who we were speaking about at the very beginning, who he's sawing the head off of, that is Gertrude. Gertrude. Yes. To Gertrude Brower. Yes. Um, he actually met her like the year before in a bar. He he had been drinking with her and just convinced her to come back with him at the apartment so they could keep drinking. And they supposedly had sex and then she began making fun of him but there's also reports that she was not willing to have sex so whenever she refused that's when he started strangling her and then after he realized he killed her he's like uh i gotta get rid of this body they're gonna come search for um so like he it's kind of like in the in the movie like in the beginning, because he was trying to get rid of her, but he couldn't carry her whole body. So mm-hmm. that's when he decided to dismember her. Yeah. Um, and he did wrap her body parts. And then he, they said he buried them like around the uh, apartment place that he stayed at. But then they were found about a year later. Um, it took. That's the astonishing part that it took that long. Yeah. And it was almost two years when they were able to identify the body Mm -hmm. and nobody ever connected that he was the last one she was seen with yeah so like no one ever reported it i mean no one ever said like oh yeah she was with him that night but um the police kind of gave up sort of like in the movie too they were like oh well she's an alcoholic and she's a sex worker so whatever Mm-hmm. Which is fucking sad. No one, none of her friends were like, hey, she's missing. Um, So after that time, he was like super scared and decided to not do that. 
Yeah. Um, he kind of took a hiatus and it wasn't until about four years after this where he strangled another sex worker by the name of Anna Bouchel. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, she was a 54-year-old sex worker. Um, she also was strangled and he was unable to get her body out of the apartment again. And he put her in an attic inside of his apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, he also dismembered her and hit her um, in one of the attics. Because there was like a few, like in the very end of the movie when he opens that other attic door to put the last body. Um, yeah. The bodies were in these little spaces, these little attics to get into um, other areas of the house. Yeah. Um. I think European and German apartments are way different than United States. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when I went to visit Lena in Berlin and like the other apartments I went into, they're way different than um apartments that are here in the US. So that checks out. Um yeah, they're way different. <laughs> they're actually way cooler, I think. Um more spatial friendly. Um Unless it's one of those ones where you have to poo down the hall. No. Yeah. I think that was, like, more the older era of apartments. Yeah. Um, But he hid her body as well, and no one um, was looking for her either. Um, He actually, like, in the first murder, he learned, like, oh, maybe I should pick out people that they're not going to mess like older um sex workers who have lost all their family or friends by their lifestyle yeah um or whatever their life has brought them to so he would actually kind of seek out these down on their luck women who he knew were either like poorly housed or looking for housing or maybe just slept on the streets at night. So he'd pick those women up from bars or on the side of the streets in the red light district. Um, so at the very least he could be like, I've got a warm place for you to stay tonight and maybe you'll, maybe you'll suck me off. Yeah. And he would, he would like lead people to believe like, yeah, I got an apartment, got more alcohol, just come stay with me. And, I mean, he was, like, super violent, and he would go insane, like, when he was really drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one sex worker, Ruth Duffner. um, She would have been murdered if it wasn't for the fact that he was so drunk. He was trying to strangle her, but she had her hands underneath the material and, like, ripped it off and then put it around his neck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So then she she fought, got away. She went to the police, and he was accused of rape and assault and battery. In um, some reports, it says that they dropped the rape charges, and he was only um, fined for the assault of 4,000 Deutschmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another say he was convicted of rape. But he didn't serve any jail time at all. He just had to pay a fine. I think the charges were dropped. Yeah, because I was like, why is he not in jail after this? Yeah. Like, he literally raped and tried to murder her. Yeah. 
Um, so that's when he was like, okay, I got to keep my shit together. And that's when he started getting to the women who were too drunk to fight back mm-hmm. or were older and, um, weren't able to fight back. So he mm-hmm. chose like women in their fifties and all of his, uh, victims had no teeth. Um, they he, said he, it was had a he deep, loved oral sex. He, no, he had a deep fear he did love oral sex but he had a deep fear of having his dick bit off yeah i mean i can see why he's a piece of shit yeah yeah he's a piece of shit so he's like they're toothless they can't bite my dick off (laughs) yeah yeah he yeah so um around this time all of the neighbors were like dude you need to clean your apartment because at this point he is one, two, three victims in because he ended up killing a 50 year old named Anne Bouchelle. She also was strangled. So that's three victims. Um, and all of his neighbors started complaining, saying like, there's a rotten smell in the house and they actually called the police and he blamed it on foreigners who lived on the top floor and would cook all the time. Um, how offensive. Yeah, and how dumb are the police? The police they should know, know what dead bodies smell like. I'm sorry, but they know the difference between a strong curry and a dead body. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah, those are completely different smells. Yeah. <laughs> like, completely different. How um, so he has Gertrude Brower and Bouchelle, and then uh, his next victim was Frida Roblick, which was the second to last victim. Was that it in the movie? Wasn't her name Frida? Um, yes. No? Okay. Frida. Yeah. So he ended up tricking her to come in to his house and they said apparently he she started laughing at his penis and that's when he raged out and strangled her as well and then um that's when he chopped up her body and put it in different um areas of the attic and then his last victim in january of 1975 he brought 52 year old ruth schultz home and she also supposedly um laughed at him how he was unable to get an erection and then he started to beat her with a bottle of gin over the head um once he got her on the ground that's when he began strangling her and she fought like she was a lot bigger and heavier um so she fought but i mean eventually he ended up killing her and he was unable to take her body into the attic. So he actually hid the whole body behind a paneling in his apartment. This guy is the worst. <laughs> like, he just, so every time they kept complaining, he would, like, buy more and more deodorant and perfume. And, like, in the scene where he's throwing those little trees. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? He's yeah, throwing all yeah. the Christmas tree, like, um for breeze things like in there um that actually happened he bought like quarts of deodorant i didn't know it came in like 
liquid, but maybe it was a mistranslation. But he bought like quarts of the stuff. And in the crime photos, um, it's like multiple body uh bottles of like perfume and cleaning supplies and everything, but still like everyone still complained that it stunk so bad. Yeah, like, you can't he didn't even try. You can't cover up the smell of death. No. Um, Especially not times four. No. And he he just kept, like, pouring it on there, like, perfume and, like, pine scents. Um, Honestly, that just makes it smell worse. Pine uh, scented death. Yeah, pine scented death. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when, you, when I put Febreze on RC's, like, super stinky couch. It just smells like Febreze and, like, butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just don't sit on the couch. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at this point, like, his fucking alcoholism is, like, out of control. He's just trying to pick up women all the time. And, like, the Golden Glove is a bar and still has a bar. Yeah, I know. And it's a 24-hour bar. And, like, he said, like, why do you keep the curtains closed? He says, um, people don't drink when the sun's up. He did that. He would, like, you know, never tell people the time. It's sort of like um, a casino. Yeah, a casino. You don't have windows or clocks <laughs> for yeah. a reason. So he would just, he, the bartender, I'm not saying he's guilty by any means, but he, like, literally did not give a fuck of what was going on in that bar. Just yeah. as long as he was making money all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Like, that place was so seedy. And still, I think still is. I don't, I don't want Not only is it still, like, pretty seedy, but it's a tourist trap. Yeah. Yeah, People flock there to see the seedy bar that Fritz got drunk in. Yeah. I mean, he, he had up a lot of bars, but. Well, yeah, that was. That was his main one. one. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the fact that you can go to Milwaukee and go on the Dahmer tour. Sort of like that. Yeah. It's kind of trashy. Yeah, I call it, um, there's actually a show about this. I think it's called Dark Tourism. Dark where it's, yeah, uh, dark, it was a dark tourist. Did you yeah. watch this one? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He also went to, like, a, um, like, Chernobyl, I think. Or, no, it was, uh, it was a part, it was near where they bought, dropped the bomb in Japan. That's what it was. Like, a really, really irradiated oh, area. Yeah, yeah, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're all in hazmat gear, like looking yeah. at Hirsh- not Hiroshima, um, Fukushima. Not oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like the it's... power plant. You can only go yeah. so far. I I watched that show and I was like, who would do that? Right. You're and they risking went... cancer and a horrific death. Yeah. Then he went and met with like. Pablo Escobar's former like right hand man or something. Yeah. Oh, and um uh oh the town. I can't remember. Yeah, he he met him on that helicopter pad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that show was pretty cool. I was sad that I didn't get a second season. The pandemic axed the second season. Oh, I thought he just died because you went somewhere. <laughs> uh, no, um, Netflix canceled it after the pandemic. They're like, oh well, we're not putting anything. Yeah, in production. I actually, I actually like that show. Um, I really liked that show too. You get to see a glimpse of um, something that I never fucking do. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, I'm uh, never gonna go to a highly irradiated area ever. Yeah. No. I'm I'm never gonna go to like radiation poison S- is like the worst fucking death possible. Yeah, I'm not trying to go out like Marie Curie. Sorry. Yeah, your insides <laughs> like just rot. I'm yeah. No, thank you. I, <laughs> I just yeah. I like my rotting from the outside. You know. Yeah, like, dark tourism, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Because, like, haunted houses are, like, you know, like, going somewhere that you think's haunted is, is super spooky and cool. But I just feel bad when it's it's a crime that happened, like, you know, five years ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, no, I don't... Place. That's inappropriate. Now, the Lizzie Borden house, I'll spend the night there. Yeah. Enough, enough time's been removed. And also... Yeah, there's enough time. And also... You know, as far as the law is concerned, she didn't murder her parents. <laughs> yeah, she was innocent. Until proven guilty and she's been dead forever and we'll never know. Yeah, you can't, you can't say she did. Lizzie died an innocent woman. <laughs> A closeted <laughs> lesbian. Yeah, I'll, almost certainly, yeah. I, I really think that's... You know but... what, we, we've got to cover that case, though, because there is a horror movie with... Sapphic Queen, uh, Kristen Stewart, and Chloe Sevigny. I heard Kristen Stewart actually does a decent job, but I've I seen, don't I've know. seen her in multiple things now where she's like not bad, yeah. and not not to rain on our lovely friend Olivia's parade, but twilight doesn't lend itself to good acting and i don't no. think it helped their careers no it didn't in the sense that it didn't showcase their acting range yeah it's fucking ridiculous yeah. these movies oh back to honka sorry yes back i'm to- done i we all uh, i know we jumped into <laughs> anyway we did anyway <laughs> Um, so there's a total of four women that, um, are linked to Honka, um, but he was actually only convicted of one murder. Um, it wasn't until his apartment caught on fire Mm -hmm. that his murders were even known about. Like, I mean, even with all this smell and everything, no one knew. Well, just like the movie, the the fire is what basically caught made him get caught (laughs) yep and i mean he was out he was out of his apartment whenever it caught on fire so the um firefighters were there trying to um put out the fire and then like the movie they needed to get into the attic to find any hot spots and figure out where the fire came from that's when they discovered all of the bodies Yep. And they were like, not one, not two, not three, but four. Yeah. Um. So they ended up, like, finding him and asking him, hey, are you the owner of this apartment? And he was like, yeah. And they said, well, we need to ask you some questions. And that's that's when they arrested him and brought him down for questioning and his initial response was that, yeah, he killed them, but he did it because of Jack the Ripper came to him and told him that he needed to kill people. Weak sauce. Yeah. And this actually worked. 
uh, for one out of the four women. Which is absurd. Yeah. Um, he actually was only charged with one murder after all of that. And um, because of how insane he was acting and crazy, they decided to put him in a mental health institution. I mean, he probably did need to be there. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They actually waited on him to get home. (laughs) So he never even knew his house burned down until he was, like, on the way home. And then he sees all the police. Oh shit! Yeah, is up. Yeah, and that's when they uncovered all the bodies, and then they started linking him to missing people. Um, and then there would be people that came out of the woodwork and was like, "Yeah, he was a weird guy," but like everybody at first never really said anything about him except for the neighbors. Like he gets up to the police. All right, I guess you got me. Ah, uh, you got me. So, he was actually sent to um, jail. He was sent to 15 years imprisonment at a psychiatric hospital. But they said his mental capacity was not all there because of his alcoholism. Yeah, he drank himself into a literal stupor. Yeah, he drank himself into a pickle. (laughs) He pickled himself. Yeah, he pickled himself. Legit. Um, He was released from prison. He went in 1975, but he was released from prison in 1993. And Mm -hmm. he ended up going into a nursing home because of his brain damage from drinking all the time. And he ended up dying in Hamburg on the 19th of October, 1998. Didn't make it to the new millennium. Nope. Nope. He died as a pickle man. Shame he couldn't have died in that fire. I know. <laughs> but then we wouldn't hear his crazy story about Jack the Ripper who told him to kill all the women. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's yeah. no. so he, unfortunate. I'm, I wish he would have died when he was uh, a kid. Never mind. Not a kid. <laughs> but after his first divorce. Yeah. He just, like, drank himself to death and not touched a woman. Yeah. That would have been great. He could have just, like, been like Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas, just checked yeah. in. Yeah, check drank. into a hotel and just drank himself to death. Yeah. Could have done it that way. Hello, Morgan. Did you do anything fun over our break? Um, mm, what was well, our break? Well, we haven't recorded since Halloween. Halloween. I don't think I... I mean... Life, just general life things. Oh, I made a um mushroom. Made a nice little clay mushroom. I've been mm-hmm. trying to get back into my my sculpting clay, the sculpy clay I have. Cool. It's my polymer clay, so I made a little mushroom. I've been trying to keep busy with crafts and stuff. Okay. Besides working. Mushroom, I like it. Yeah, it's so cute. Oh, I'll, I'll have send to. you one. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I have to put the oven. I'm like, I don't want it to break. Yeah. They're, they're like raw dog in life right now, but. Feel that. <laughs> raw dog in mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to have polymer clay like that, and I'd like bake them and do stuff with them. Yeah, fucking love it. Yeah. What have you been up to? Let's see. So I turned, I turned 34. 
Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Um, it was pretty low key, but I would say the most exciting thing that I did is me and my pal, Brittany, went to go see Terrifier 1 and Terrifier 2 as a double feature at the most in Syracuse, which is the Museum of Science and Technology. So we basically saw it on this, both movies, on this, you know, like big planetarium screen. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And one of the guys who, like, organized it dressed up as Art the Clown. And, and, like, watch Mariam, you'd, like, look over and he'd be, like, a few seats away from you, like, oh, with, like, a bike coin going. Oh. <laughs> he had the little horn. Loved it. Yeah, he did. It was oh, great. And then I talked to somebody in one of my horror groups who went to a thing just like that, like, across the country. So I think, like, a lot of people got the same idea. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, but um, we had a blast. It had vintage previews, like, vintage movie trailers. So there was a trailer for, like, Cannibal Holocaust. And a trailer, <laughs> yeah, and a trailer for Cannibal Ferox. And some other, like, old exploitation films from the 70s. And that was fun. And then there were they were intercut with actual current modern-day trailers. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, so that was fun. It's like I don't know if this is gonna be an advertisement for that movie the menu or if it's gonna be another cannibal movie. What are we gonna get next? <laughs> and uh yeah, there was like a small intermission where everybody like mad r- ran to the bathroom. Did you have anybody faint? So let's talk about that. Or did you? I didn't faint. But, so I've seen these movies before this, by the way. Like, I've seen both of these movies prior to this event, and it was fine. Both films. I will say that I ate a THC gummy that I don't, that Brittany gave me, that I don't know the exact dosage of. (laughs) And then I also had a little bit of a homemade edible that I made that I definitely don't know the dosage of because of the way I bake. (laughs) Um, so... So you got too high, is the moral. A a little bit. Okay, so it wasn't until... And I took this, like, during the previews, right? I did that, like, no. I took the gummy, actually, like, while we were on the car on the way to the theater. But then when we got to the theater and we're, like, in our seats, that's when I ate the little bit of an edible that I had in my purse. (laughs) And it was somewhere in somewhere during the second movie, like midway through the second movie. So, mind you, this has been like two hours have passed, right? It's been like two hours, and then it's like the high just intensified at this moment. And I will say, it was near probably the goriest part of the whole film. Oh God! And. It felt like it was coming out of my own body. Like, everything got really, really warm. I had to, like, peel my coat off. <laughs> and then and then I felt like I was going to maybe faint. And then I just realized that I had a pit in my stomach that didn't feel good. And then I was like, I think I just have upset stomach. And then I went to the bathroom, and I just had upset stomach. <laughs> Oh, so you didn't vomit in the movie? No. Or faint? No. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, my stomach was just a little upset. 
And I think it was just because sometimes edibles hit my stomach really hard. <laughs> and I didn't have like a lot to eat that day. So You're I think like, that's I'm either gonna have a seizure or take a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. It wasn't the seizure, so that's good, I guess. The other one's just a normal bodily function. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, had total blast. We had a good time. I had a great time, despite that feeling of death in the bathroom. Aside from that. <laughs> Yeah, that would suck. Just wake up and there's like EMS all around you and you're just like on the floor covered in your shit. (laughs) You're like, no. Yeah, right. (laughs) The worst birthday ever. But yeah, I was only gone for like maybe five minutes and then long (laughs) enough for Brittany to be like, are you okay in there? And for me to not even reply because I was walking in the door. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I just had to like go get a ginger ale from the like vending machine. (laughs) I was fine. But yeah, so I like I would be so pissed if the second or third time I had seen that movie, then it suddenly did something to me. Like it was totally edible. Cause I had, I was like the first two times I had watched that movie, I was just like doing dabs. I'm glad you you were okay. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Let me remind the audience that I'm in a legal state. Just <laughs> just in case you tuned into this for the first time and were like, oh, oh no, I'm in America, in a legal state. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think it's about to be legal everywhere. I would love that to be true. Well, I mean, you mean legal in America. We have international listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Shout out to our friend in Ecuador and Taiwan and whoever's listening to us in South Korea and those like a hundred people in Kansas who are like really streaming this really? past month. Kansas? I don't know what's happening in Kansas. But hey, we've Kansas? Got, like, yeah, we've got like a little following there. Like there's been a big spike there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know who loves us in Kansas, but what up, Kansas? I drove through your state. I'm sorry, I never stopped. <laughs> We're busy. We had things to do. No, sorry. I saw I saw billboards all like six hours, and it said the world's largest prairie dog. Next stop, and I really wanted to stop, but I was also really not wanting to die. So, because if you've ever seen House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, the one before Devil's Rejects. Yes. Yeah, so it looks it looks like that? No. <laughs> no. No, but if you've ever seen that movie, you know, not to stop at an off-road weird. No offense if you happen to, to look at. No offense if you like these places, but I would <laughs> I would say it's far sensible, more sensible to just say you don't stop at these places because they are tourist traps designed to make you spend money on yeah. things you don't need. Or kill you. <laughs> I think it's more about, like, continuing to have clientele and not getting your business shut down. Torture you. Because you murdered people. Sell your body. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Texas Chainsaw, Morgan. No. <laughs> the sausages weren't sausages. <sighs> um, no, but I did stop one time on the way to... Um, uh, New York, like on the way from the Pennsylvania way through mm-hmm. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I stopped at a weird ass like roads, uh, roadside like thing. I don't know. It was a uh, Amish town, 
Okay. And like it had an Amish store, but there was like some thing that they were trying to get us to pay for, but the lights were all off. And I was like, I don't mm. want to go see your fucking model trains. And mm. this kid was like six foot four and was like, I'll turn on the lights and y'all can come see the model trains. And he's like this Amish kid. And I was like, I'm good. I will pass, sir. Thank you. And I think I would have died that day if I went in there. Makes me think of this one. Really pushing the model trains. <laughs> it reminds me of this one episode of The X-Files where there's like a shapeshifter community of Amish people. <gasps> Same community. <laughs> <laughs> totally. This kid was so tall. His name was like Jebediah or something. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was a family that owned it. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever been. It's like if you're driving up 81 through like Pennsylvania through West Virginia. It's right before you get to the, I mean, not West Virginia, New Jersey. It's right before you get to like the New Jersey line, I think. And it's like these giant Amish statues off to the side of the road. Hmm. And you have to go down this small little frontage road to get there. And it's a giant Amish man with his family and, like, an ox or something. Oh. And that's that's where we stopped was the gift shop that was behind that place. And it's super creepy if you go in there. Because there's nobody in there. It was, like, me and a bunch of Amish people. Mm. Well, I mean, I live near several Amish communities, being I live in you know, central New York and near Pennsylvania. So, I mean, I see them at the grocery store all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I've been to Amish communities, and I, I, um... No, I just mean I don't need to drive to that one. <laughs> no, but if you want to get creeped out, then go see Jebediah at that roadside, <laughs> um, amusement this... park thing. <laughs> was his name really Jebediah? I don't fucking know. It was <laughs> Jeremiah, Jebediah, Obadiah, or something like that. Super tall, Malachi, uh, something like that. He was super tall, like six foot four. I'm just doing Children of the Corn now. (laughs) It was all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. I swear we will eventually get the BTK episode out. Eventually. (laughs) It's all about trying to get a freelance writer, a a school teacher, and a nurse's schedules to align. (laughs) Uh, One day. Stay tuned to see if it ever happens. Yeah, (laughs) it'll happen. I know. I'm just playing around. But yeah, see you guys next time. I think our next episode might have our friend, one of our pals from across the pond. But I've I've learned not to make promises, so we'll <laughs> we'll see you um, later in December. Woo! Bye. Bye.